2: Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Friday, September 1st, 2023. And as always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today as we teach and support people in using for the next couple of hours some of the most powerful, effective, efficient and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at wyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book, his book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? That chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet, and it's a tool I've been using to great effect for 19 years now to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships, and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness and if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app. That app contains the Reality Management Worksheet, contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the dragon on on game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. And we hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives as they actively apply these tools in their lives, and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, we will be grateful. If you choose to do so, you can either email, email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org. Or you can email Jeannie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot o-r-g. If we get an email from you, we'll address the comment or question or testimonial or answer on the Internet show, and then as time allows, send you a notification about what day and time we were able to do that, so you can go back to the archives and listen for the feedback. Alternatively, if you're listening live, you can give us a call at 563-999-3581 and press 1 on the phone. Pressing 1 on the phone will put a little icon of hand by your phone number. I will hopefully choose the appropriate time then to turn on the microphone and announce it by your area code. And we greatly appreciate when people choose to do that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. Our intention with this work is to be a service. So please help us when you can by letting us know how are these things landing for you? What would be of more use for you in different ways to spend this time? Yesterday as I was reading from the book A Walk in the Physical and some of the questions in that question and answer segment of that book as I read uh, a question on is there such a thing as eternal punishment and is there punishment in the afterlife at all Um, as I read those questions and answers it came to me very strongly to talk about Lessons 8 and 9 in The Way of Mastery. So I began reading in, in The Way of Mastery at Lesson 8. So just to go back and recap, three questions led to this. One question is, is hell a place? And the answer that's given is, extreme vibrational distance from your source true source the essence of all life and consciousness which is very roughly synonymous with living in fear that is hell and that can happen both in our reality and our reality system and in others thought responsive realities can become extremely hellish when a person's fear, a consciousness's fear, is allowed to run wild, but ultimately, fear has no true power. The true power is the energy of creation that some call love. There is never, ultimately, anything to truly fear. It is of great benefit to remember our true power and to shine rather than to live in fear. The next question is, is there such a thing as eternal punishment? And the answer comes very clearly, no. Full stop. And then, by way of further explanation it offers, the very idea of eternal punishment is not compatible with unconditional love. That thought of eternal punishment is an earthly, fear-based idea. Eternal punishment is an idea we came up with, and it represents the extreme imagined end of a perceived duality spectrum. So if God is all good, there must be something that's all evil, etc., If the reward for being good is living eternally in heaven in peace and love, then the punishment for being bad must be living eternally in hell and being punished. That's just our thinking that brings that up. The answer goes on and says, It is the extreme of what our imagination can concoct as a result of our real experiences of pain and suffering as they happen on earth. Even if it seems to last a long time, actual suffering is always finite. It's time-limited because the physical constraints, the separation, and the fear that give rise to suffering are not the truth of your being. They are not fundamental to capital B, being. While fundamental, hellish experiences happen when fear-based intent is wielded, including here on Earth, the deeper fundamental truth is always love, joy, freedom, and unity. And the last one is, is there punishment in the afterlife at all? And the answer comes back, we are all completely and totally responsible every single choice, every single thought, every single action, and every single intent. Our past choices, thoughts, actions, and intents can lead us into various experiences, whether in this world or another. And some of those experiences may be extremely painful or dark. And... The enduring truth that transcends that entire process is unconditional love. And that love is completely and totally accepting and understanding. So as I read that yesterday, it prompted me to start reading in The Way of Mastery, Lesson 8. And where we left off, in the way of Mastery Lesson 8 yesterday, the the lesson itself is titled, Dropping Pebbles into the Pool of Awareness. And the last two paragraphs we read were, imagine a sentence being dropped from a vast height, picking up speed until it strikes the still clear pool of your awareness, and it sends out a ripple creating a vibration through you. And the sentence is simply this. It is not possible for me to have complete mastery over which pebbles are dropped into my awareness, for I am at the mercy of the vibrational field set up by the ripples of all the thoughts and webs of relationships in which I swim constantly. That perception is absolutely true, as long as you choose to believe it. That perception or belief is also absolutely laughable and powerless as soon as you choose to acknowledge that this is so. What is the point of that? It is simply this. If you would choose to awaken completely, totally, wholly, if you would choose not to just be a wave that is has mysteriously arisen from the ocean, if you would choose to be more than just another soul that has arisen from the mind of God and is somehow crashing about through the universe, if you would choose that, it is absolutely necessary to own, as your own, the pebble that drops into the still-clear pool of your awareness with the following thought. Quote, I am the one who chooses the effects I experience. I alone interpret all neutral relationships or experiences, and all relationships and experiences are neutral. I alone place the value upon objects Things, thoughts, and belief systems. I alone am the literal creator of my moment-to-moment experience. Close quotes. This, as you can see, changes everything. Never again can you allow yourself to feel as though you are merely a victim of unconscious forces. Never again can you look out beyond yourself and find fault with another. Never again can the energy of blame be projected from you to be dumped upon another. Never again can the energy of judgment hold sway in your holy mind. This thought, this one singular pebble dropped into the still pool of your awareness, is absolutely essential if you would decide to awaken completely. And here's that thought again. I am the one who chooses the effects I experience. I alone interpret all neutral relationships and experiences, and all relationships and experiences are neutral. I alone place the value upon objects, things, thoughts, and belief systems. I alone am the literal creator of my moment-to-moment experience. The text goes on and says, and that is what this lesson is all about. The next heading is, you are not a victim of the world you see. And the text reads, though you would hear the word, that which arises, that which carries the vibration of truth, you'd hear the words that carry the vibration of truth many times, it can be denied as many times as it is heard you can choose not to allow it to settle deep into that pool of awareness because if it were to settle into that deeply into that pool of awareness it would affect every drop of water that makes up the wave that you are you can hold on to the hope that you're still a victim of the world that you see You can hold on to the belief that events hold some value in themselves and a value that does not come from what you place upon them. And as long as you choose to deny the world the truth of all of this process, you cannot be set free. For the mind that chooses in even a small part, to perceive itself as a victim of its world of experience, that mind remains powerless. It remains in a state that generates frustration, weakness, fear, self-doubt, unworthiness, suffering, pain, emotional pain of aloneness or separation from others, and a lack of fulfillment. Ultimately, that mind that chooses to perceive itself as a victim generates the echo of the belief that you have been squeezed so tightly by fear that you're literally separated from the ocean of the mind of God. Awareness is all that you have and all that you are. Out of your use of it comes all that you choose to experience. And out of that comes your decision of how you will experience what you have called to yourself. In truth, and please listen well, no experience you have ever had has defined you or identified you. No experience you have ever chosen to create, to call to yourself, and then to value as you have valued it has ever made you higher or less than anyone else, not even Yeshua. Although there are many who still need to believe that Yeshua is far beyond them, no experience you have ever created has proven your unworthiness to be supported and to be loved by your Creator. Therefore, you remain as you are created to be, a wave Filled with the very self-same power as the ocean itself. A wave, a soul, a web of relationship. Arising from the holy mind of the creator with the momentum to flow on forever. With the freedom to create by deciding which vibrations you will allow to settle in and become a part of you. Which thoughts you will defend and which perceptions you will cleave unto. You are then eternally a creator. And this is one thing that you have no free will about. You can never decide to be a non-participant in the very mystery of creation's extension. When you hold the thought, I refuse to participate in God's creation, you literally created the perception, that is the experience of yourself as being outside or separate from creation itself. You have created the insane emotion of trying to separate the wave from the ocean itself. And you will create that perception of separation, even though nothing in reality has been affected. Why is this important? Because, you see, the process of healing is not difficult. It requires only your willingness to accept that you are the effect of the Creator's desire to create like unto itself, just as a wave is the effect of the ocean's desire to express itself in a new way, in a new form, and to bring uniqueness to every wave that arises from its mysterious depths. Surrender, then, is the process in which you finally relent. You give up resisting the fact of your existence, You stop whining about it. You stop lamenting about it. You stop worrying about it. You make the decision to get on with being alive. And what is alive about you is going to be alive forever. There is no place to hide and nowhere to go. The next section is titled, Creating as Christ. And it reads, When you drop the pebble into your mind, I am not a victim of the world I see. I am a ceaseless creator made of and of one substance with my creator itself. When you drop that pebble in, then indeed the questions begin to take a different shape. You begin to use the power of your awareness to deliberately and selectively choose which vibrations, which webs of relationships you are going to pull into your field of awareness, which ones you are going to resonate with, and which ones you are going to let dissolve from your mind and from your awareness. If you have held on to a thought of smallness, a thought of lack or a thought of powerlessness, now you begin to see that it is perfectly neutral. It is perfectly safe to look upon everything you have ever created and experienced and say, it is very good, and now I'm done with it. Well, what's next? What pebbles can I drop into my holy mind in this very moment? Can I look upon the current experience I'm having and see that it is nothing but the effect, the ripple of a pebble or a thought that I dropped into my mind so long ago that I don't even remember it? Can I look upon those events that are unfolding around me? And if they are unfolding in your body, trust me, that is still around you, for you are much, much more than just your body. Can I begin now, am I willing now to drop a different pebble into the still and infinite clarity of the pool of awareness that is what is alive about me always? Dare I think a different thought? Dare I drop such a pebble into my consciousness? Well, if so, what pebbles might those be? How about pebbles like, quote, I think I'll become a world savior, a Christ. What would that be like? What vibrations would I need to let go of out of my life, and which ones would I need to open to? What would it feel like? What would I see as I look out through the field of my awareness at creation? Or a thought like, I think I'll allow myself to be able to commune with any web of relationship, any soul, any being that exists on any plane of creation. Why, perhaps I'll even allow myself to know that I can be in communication with Yeshua. Or perhaps I'll have a thought like, how healthy can I become in this third dimensional reality? How many golden coins could I possibly create in order to give them away to others? Or perhaps I'll think, how many places on the planet could I take the body in the span of one short physical life? Or perhaps I'll think, how many beings could I say, I love you too? How big can I make my heart be? How deeply can I experience peace? The realm of possibilities is as infinite as you are, The ones you select and choose are the ones that will create the web of relationships that you will call your life, your experience, even right down to the quality of how you will experience the transition that's been mistakenly called death in your world. Would you call it a death when you leave one room in the house and close the door behind you and step into another room? Of course not. You just say, I was there, now I'm here. That is all that truly occurs when the molecules that you have called to yourself are unglued because you release your value of them and their constituents, their parts, dissolve back into the dust or the energy field of the planet. You merely leave one room and step into another. What I call you to in this lesson is this. To be willing to allow the pebble to be dropped into your field or pool of awareness that carries the energy of the thought, quote, From this moment forward, I elect to birth a Christ and thereby learn what Christ is, Close Once you do that, your experience becomes the unfolding learning of what Christ is. When that learning completes itself, you discover that what you have learned is that you are created to be as you were created to be, and you have returned full circle. The prodigal son or daughter, journeying through the field of all possibilities, has returned as the awakened Christ, and has taken up his or her rightful place at the right hand of the Creator, what does that symbolism mean it just means that you finally think only with your right-mindedness you think as the creator thinks and the creator thinks lovingly the creator thinks infinitely timelessly patiently certainly and above all the creator thinks playfully full of play When you feel such love and such joy welling up within you that you can hardly contain it, don't you start moving the body and dancing around and saying, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with all this energy? And you call your friends and say, hey, let's have a party. Let's go to a movie. Let's create a delicious feast. Who could I write a letter to? Who could I send flowers to? Do you not become caught up in the desire to let some energy expand out of you, to touch all parts of your creation? Well, imagine being the creator, infinite, vast, without a top or bottom, left or right, filled with nothing but pure, unconditional, radiant love. Can you imagine not even being able to contain yourself and then just think, oh, well, I'll just sit here and I won't let anybody else notice it. No, that's not possible. The Creator said, let there be light, and it is very good. The Creator looked upon all creation, which literally means not just this planet, but all the infinite number of creations of dimension dimension upon dimension, and all the little webs of relationships called souls that were brought into existence in one split second, and the Creator said, lo, it is very good. This is my play. My joy and my love and my aliveness have poured forth and overflowed my grand being and brought forth into manifestation you. You, each and every one of you, are made of the very substance of that overwhelming love and playfulness that has the power to create infinitely and thereby to extend creation itself. That is who you are. That is where you find yourself now and now and forever. And you will never escape it. Creating mastery. Mastery comes when fear has been completely dissolved. Fear is dissolved not by fearing it, not by hating it, and not by judging it. Fear is dissolved by being looked upon with perfect innocence, embraced in the same way that a scientist would watch the, pebbles of a little, the ripples of a little pebble that had been dropped into a pool of water to see how they've created other ripples and other temporary disturbances in the field or on the surface of the water. If you look within and you notice the things you have become afraid of, And you notice how fear has constricted your creativity, your joy, your playfulness, and your unlimitedness. You merely look with innocence and wonder and say, Oh, I see how that ripple has affected the creation that I call my life. Do I like it? Well, not anymore. Good. I think I'll be rid of that. What can I replace it with? Mastery is a state in which you have embraced yourself as a ceaseless creator and assumed complete responsibility for everything that comes into the field of your awareness in total allowance without judging it so that you can simply decide whether it is going to stay or be dissolved in its effects. Mastery is fearlessness. That is, you no longer fear the infinite creative power of your perfect union with the Creator. I and my Father are one. This is an expression of mastery. If I, Yeshua, who uttered these words so long ago in your experience of time, can demonstrate to anyone who will look, That consciousness transcends the limited beliefs about the body, life and death, and that the world seems so determined to defend at all costs. If I can demonstrate that only love is real, if I can demonstrate the power to communicate with minds across creation, if I can bring forth creations by joining with other minds who may temporarily think they are just a body, such that these written words fall upon a page and the page becomes part of a book that you are now hearing being read, such that your heart is touched at just the right time. If I can do these things, so can you. And indeed, even greater things than these shall you do. Beloved friends, is it not time to assume complete responsibility for your grand freedom that has been imparted to you by the Abba, Father, Creator, source of your being? Is it not time to begin spending time disengaging from your entangled view that holds you to believe that what you feel and what you think is the effect of all the energies and things that are coming at you from around you? Is it not time to begin to use time to decide Which pebbles will you drop into the field of your awareness consistently, day by day, hour by hour, even breath by breath? For these things create your tomorrows. And you cannot ever escape the reality that you are and always will be in the process of creating your tomorrows death will never separate you from it and denial does not change it you are free to decide what your tomorrows will be through the act of seeing first the kingdom and this means to rest into that inner silence in which you know that you are a wave having arisen with perfect momentum out of the depth of the ocean of the Creator's holy mind. And that what you carry with you is the result of thoughts and beliefs and the perceptions like pebbles that you have dropped into the wave of your awareness. This very process is what you created. And this very process is how you've always created If you have ever received an education, how did you end up with your body in a classroom? Did somebody kidnap you and sit you down and say, here, you must learn these things? No. First, you held a thought, a picture, and you placed a value upon it, and you attracted the means that carried you to a lived experience of receiving the education that you had decided upon. What relationship have you ever entered out of a lack of awareness? None. You dropped the pebble into the mind that said, I want relationship with another being, another body, another place on the physical planet. You've always been doing that. And you have always experienced the fruit or the effect of the quality of vibration of the pebble that has created the ripples that have become your experiences. In reality, your experience is your awareness and what is true about you. And this is no different than what is true about me. The only difference has been that I learned to train myself hour by hour to drop only unlimited pebbles that send out vibrations and condition of unconditional acceptance and love and forgiveness, unconditioned and unbridled vision and revelation. Meanwhile, you've selected to do that only a few times. And then you rush back and pick up the pebbles of unworthiness or limitation or lack or fear or smallness, and you drop 10 or 12 quick ones in. And then you go back to the other cupboard and say, oh, well, here's the pebble that says, I and the Father are one. And then you say, oh, I've had enough of that. And back you go again. Meanwhile, I stay on this side of the fence where we invite you to join me. And I am saying, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. I am an unlimited being forever. How many universes can I be the savior of today? You, on the other hand, have said, well, that sounds very good. I and my father are one. Oh, wait, here's a pebble that says my car needs to break down today. This is all there is. Which side of the fence are you going to sit on and drop the pebbles from? Which tree will you eat the fruit thereof? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Use that symbolism well, for when you drop the pebble in the pond, it's like saying, well, I think I'll take a bite of this piece of fruit. Oh, but it's too sweet. It's so good and it's so perfect. I'd better have a bite of a rotten one just to balance it out. The tree of good and evil, positive and negative, unlimitedness, limitation, forgiveness, judgment, love, fear. This is like holding a beautiful flower and seeing the petals and saying, oh, it's so beautiful, I I can't quite take it, so I think I'll prick my finger on the thorn here and bring myself back down. No one ever told you, and your Creator never insisted, that you eat of the tree of good and evil. For all good fruit has been given to you freely, and you are always free to choose which of fruit you will eat thereof. Here's what's recommended. Quote, I and my Father are one. What a blessed creation. I've been having so much fun as this wave. Yes, I see what I've carried along with me. Well, that was fun. I gained a few things. Now what's next? How about unlimitedness? Kerplunk. How about perfect love? Kerplunk. How about wealth? Kerplunk. How about the ability to heal? Kerplunk, kerplunk, kerplunk. Oh, yes, I see that little pebble over there sitting on the shore that I've picked up a million times before of unworthiness, kerplunk. But no more. I'm done with you. As of now, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. Father, create through me the good, the holy, and the beautiful. For this is the season and the reason of, for my being. How big of a wave can I become? How powerful can I become? How radiant can I become? How much of you, creator, can I express through me? Kerplunk. Close quotes. Well, remember, you are creating your tomorrows now. What you experience never comes from outside yourself, capital S, self. If you worry over lack of golden coins, kerplunk, and then you begin to attract the vibrational ripples that will seem to picture back to you, reflect back to you, the truth that you've chosen to believe, which is, quote, I live in lack and I can't get out, kerplunk, I can't possibly talk to Yeshua, I'm not worthy, close quotes. Kerplunk. And the vibrational waves that come to you are the static that restricts your ability to transcend the third dimension and plug into others. So that even if I yell and shout, hey, I'm talking to you, listen, this is Yeshua here, your mind says, That's not possible because I've dropped in the pebble, kerplunk, and it says, it's not possible. Therefore, I don't hear a thing. Do you begin to get the picture? Do you begin to feel in the core of your beingness the essence of this lesson's message? You cannot escape being what you were created to be. In each and every moment, you are literally using that ceaseless and unlimited power to create. And you remained perfectly free at any time to create anew. What you will experience in your tomorrows is only the effect of which pebbles you are choosing to drop into the field of your awareness as thoughts right now. So the only question is, quote, Am I as a creative being made in the image of the creator, willing to deliberately, consciously, and actively choose being responsible for which thoughts and which pebbles are dropped into my mind in each moment? Close quotes. If the answer is yes, then ask this, quote, What do I want the new pebbles to be? what vibrational qualities will I call to myself and thereby create my tomorrows, close quotes. Anytime you react to what you believe is outside of yourself, you may be absolutely positive of this. You have elected to pick up that old pebble that says, quote, I am a victim of the world I see. What I experienced is caused by forces outside of me. The fault really is in my mother, brother, father, partner, and child. The fault really is in the government and the planet and the quality of the air. The fault really is from a source outside of me, and I have no choice but to react to it. Close quotes. The book goes on and it says, to which I can only say, quote, would you rather be right or happy, close quotes. Indeed, beloved friends, consider well the essence of this lesson's message, for upon this we will begin to build as we move toward the ending of the way of the heart. This is but a foundation from which those that are willing can spring forth into a grander dimension, a grander experience of living as a deliberate co-creator with god but it all begins with the need to be responsible for owning the truth of the message of this lesson for without that there can be no change in your consciousness and therefore in what you will experience in your tomorrows so if there's something in your present that makes you shudder Just think what is waiting for you if you once again deny choosing this responsibility and the power that comes with it. Beloved friends, remember that I come not to bring peace to the world, but to shake it up so that those beings that make up the world can discover where true peace is truly hidden, within themselves. And they can also discover where heaven abides, within themselves. And they can also discover where Christ lives within themselves. Peace, then, be unto you always. Amen. That is lesson eight in the way of mastery. And hopefully some threads of similarity and continuity and some sense of understanding of how that got brought so clearly into my awareness Yesterday when I was reading questions from Christian Sundberg's book, A Walk in the Physical. And the questions revolved around, is there punishment at all in the afterlife? Is there eternal punishment in the afterlife? Is hell a real place? Is hell real? How could there be a hell And the overlap in the way these answers were coming just clearly spoke to me to go to the Lesson 8 and Lesson 9. So on Monday, unless something changes in the flow and somebody needs something different, I'll start reading through Lesson 9. Because one of the things that happens when most of us with Conscious Logical in the human realm uh, hear something like that. You are creating your tomorrow is today, and you're going to feel the effects of the choices that you make and your thoughts and what you've chosen, etc Most of us find a way to turn that back into a sense of guilt and shame and stuckness. And, oh, boy, I've been in a negative pattern for so many years. Now I've got 1,700 lifetimes of karma that I'm going to have to suffer through and I'm really screwed. And and Lesson 9 makes it very clear in a number of ways. You are never a victim of the world you see. You're never a victim of the ripples as they come back to you from the pebbles, the thoughts you've chosen to drop into the still clear pool of your mind. How could that be? Because as the ripples come back, you are as free to choose how you will interpret and respond to them as you were when you chose that pebble in the first place. It is the kind of thing that seems completely impossible and paradoxical. But it's also one of the... the, um, Not a paradox, but a, a restricted perceptual view, a very limited view. In the big picture, I was driving to work today and I had the thought about somebody who gets um, you know, picked up by some kind of a helicopter or monster bird and dropped in the ocean. Now, if that happens to a person, they're not a victim of it. It's just an experience they're having. Their experience of it is going to be determined by how they choose to interpret and respond to it. So one person might, you know, get dropped in from, you know, 10 feet above the the water and flail around and be enraged how could you dare pick me up off the beach I was just having a wonderful time and I didn't want to get wet and not ruin my hair and, it, and or you know um, all kinds of attack thoughts that someone who would push them in a pool or whatever other people realize they're falling toward the water, adjust their body to make a, a smooth entry and a jump or a dive, and then float or swim. At, and the experience is dramatically different, even though they were dry one minute and they become wet the next. But the experience is determined by the way they choose to interpret and respond to the events not the outside events so um, in this way of looking at things I choose this maybe it's decades worth of negativity, I was raised in a negative family, I have experienced all kinds of negative events and, and loss of jobs, I, uh, people leaving me in a relationship, people uh, attacking me verbally. I've experienced those things, and I've chosen negative thought patterns about it because that's how my parents did it, and that's how my friends always did it, and we always felt justified to gripe and complain rather than focus on what we had control over. And I've done it for decades. And then I read a book like this, and I... Make a choice. And I say, let me practice dropping a different pebble in. Instantly, even as the ripples of negativity come back to me from all of those years of choosing doom and gloom and feeling a victim, instantly as those ripples come back, I can see them as totally neutral, interpret them as life lessons and energy for moving in a different direction, and my experience will be radically different, moment to moment, as I move from negativity to positivity, as I move from rigidity to flexibility, as I move from exclusion to inclusion, as I move from hard and rigid to soft and yielding, So that's the offering for today. Our call-in number is 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1 on your phone, you can assist us. You can let us know how this is landing for you. Do you see the... the resonance between lesson eight and what's going to come in lesson nine in the way of mastery and the questions about is hell real and is there punishment in the afterlife at all and is there eternal hell and how is it that we can have a hellish experience? This set of offerings from the way of mastery to my mind, provides a very reasonable and observable pattern that each of us can tune into and learn to gain some mastery over that explains how we have such unpleasant, painful, suffering experiences in our lives And it is not a product of getting lucky, being born in a certain family. It's what we choose as an interpretation and a bit of response for everything that we experience in life. So we're coming up on a Labor Day weekend. If anybody has uh, thoughts to share about how they're going to experience the the weekend or use tools throughout the weekend, give us a call, 563-999-3581, and press 1 on your phone. I have the um, continued benefits from the last bits of work I was doing around my family. I have the continued benefit of seeing larger pattern shifts within me of um where I used to get more reactive about any sense of being criticized. And um, I want to highlight again that this last series of worksheets I did that resulted in me realizing that for the decades that I've been processing an upsetting event that happened when I was 11... As many times as I've used probably seven or eight different therapy techniques, I'm going back to that traumatic event and series of events and and you know downloaded meanings from it. What I found in this le- le- latest round of uh, worksheets was um, to my surprise, I realized that I had never yet once looked lovingly and compassionately upon my 11-year-old self. I had gotten into a rage state and stayed there a good long while, and ever since that rage state ended, I had been filled with shame and upset and judgment against myself, and to this day, I'd never Change that. And the solution was for me to experientially visualize my younger self compassionately, to physically give myself a hug and watch what bubbles up as I breathed and softened and just kept saying the same kinds of comforting, loving things I would to a child that I loved. And the shift that occurred as I did that, I'm still seeing the positive benefits. I'm still seeing the ripples. And it happened again this morning when I was in a session with somebody that it was just easier to be gentle with myself for not having the perfect answer. So please understand that the key to this work is not figuring it out at the conscious logical level. The primary powerful key to this work is suspending all of that conscious logical stuff, canceling everything that your mind thinks it wants and needs to be happy, and asking to be shown the hidden part of your own mind, and trusting that there is a connection in you to a wisdom that goes beyond your logic. So, as always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us today. I hope all of you have a wonderful weekend. If you're having a long weekend, that you're filled with joy and safety, and I'll look forward to returning on Monday. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of this stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And since there's no Jeannie Rice on the switchboard, and sometimes that means that Michael's trying to call in as host. Well, there's Jeannie. So I will welcome Jeannie Rice. And turn on her microphone for her. We've been outside
1: hanging up. Tomato, thank you. We've been outside hanging up tomato plants and lost track of time. So thank you very much. All right.
2: You're welcome. Have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful show.
1: You too. So welcome everybody to the second hour of Mind Shikers Radio. And today is September the 1st, 2023. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Anyway, um, we're glad you're here with us. We'll give Michael a moment to get dialed in. And uh, I'll just, uh, somebody had, this was just interesting, you know, Michael and I have always said for years uh, we use oregano oil and it's actually uh, a P73 is the name on it, we order it from Amazon, but anytime we have a sore throat, a cough, a cold, congestion or anything like that, um, what you do is you put water in your mouth, tip your head back like you're going to gargle, drop the oregano oil into the water, And And the reason we do it that way is because if it gets in your mouth, around your tongue, or your cheeks, or whatever, it's very hot. Um, And it just tastes like oregano oil. (laughs) Anyway, a friend of mine, uh, or of ours, uh, sent me a link to a study that a young man did in his high school. I guess it was his science class. And he would put, uh, he had uh, dishes, petri dishes, with bacteria in it. And in one of them, he would put amoxicillin. And in the other one, he would put drops of oregano oil. And every time, uh, the oregano oil killed all of the bacteria to the point he couldn't even measure the bacteria that was in it. And the amoxicillin hardly touched it. And so then he did it with it using just one drop instead of the amount he had been using, and it still killed all of it. And so I'm going to put that out on our website under health information. And it's a good thing to know. You know, There's we've got several things out there, um, natural ways to treat different things. And, you know, instead of always going to the, the drug program, because, you know, I used to work for a penicillin company. And if someone's on penicillin for a really long time, if they're female, then they will usually end up getting a yeast infection. It's And it's just like one thing leads to another. Some people, it messes up their stomach. And you know, we—it was so. Yes, there's a, a benefit for it. If if your body is overrun with bacteria and bugs, then yes, it can definitely help to get things under control until you can do your work around it. But drugs will never cure anything. And the amox—the well, amoxicillin was one of them that we did. We did some others, but they were all penicillins. And we worked in the office, not in the plant. But you could smell the penicillin. I mean, I could tell you after a while exactly which, whether they were running amoxicillin or um, Augmentin or clavamox or whatever, just by the smell that was coming through the air conditioners. And it was so toxic that when the plant closed down, they couldn't sell the building unless another penicillin plant bought it. because And, and, and people that were allergic to penicillin couldn't work there. Or, if your family, if you had somebody that was allergic to penicillin, you had to change clothes before you left and went home, and so it's it that just really says something about it, you know, yes, it has a benefit, but it also has a toxicity, and they didn't push it, but it was to the point that they could have said we couldn't take our purses home or that we couldn't if we had pictures on our desk, we couldn't take them home, but they didn't push it that far, but when we got new computers. The employees, we, you know, wanted to buy the old computers because there was nothing wrong with them. And they would not sell them because they wouldn't take the liability of us taking equipment that had been in the penicillin plant into our homes and then something happening to someone. So just something to think about. But on our website under health information, we have, you know, besides the healing crisis information, we have stuff about uh, Amon's Clinic, tissue cleansing through bowel management. We've got information about mercury, And um, uh, just a whole lot of stuff. The Master Cleanse is out there, the gallbladder cleanse. And eye drops, you know, you can make homemade eye drops. And just, anyway, just go out there and look around. See what's out there and and give it some thought. You know, we always say you don't have to believe anything that we say, but test it. Try it. Most everything will work. Anyway, I'm going to welcome Michael this time.
3: Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. Delighted you're here, and good opening, Jeannie. And, and one of the things to uh, to remember is that every drug is a disease disguised as a cure. And you remember, just back a few years ago, a very powerful program was put on by the White House and the program was just say no to drugs. Now, when you realize that every drug is a disease disguised as a cure, it really helps to understand the healing and the disease process. And when we wake up to, you know, the fact that food heals—you know—I think it was Hippocrates that said, "Let medicine be your food, and let food be your medicine." And so, what do we have today? Well, food has been pretty much trashed in the culture. You can't grow food on dirt, and dirt is soil that's been slaughtered. It's a big difference between soil and dirt. Though most of the world doesn't uh, acknowledge that difference. Oh, dirt, dirt. No, it's not. One of the first things that uh, that happens in most commercial farming these days is that... Excuse me, I'm just getting a quote here. Is that... Every acre of land is saturated with 10 gallons of gly- glyphosate. Now, that's pretty insane when you, you do some research. Of course, the uh, the companies who brought us Agent Orange and Zyklon B are the folks who brought us This glyphosate that's just being spread all over the planet. It's interesting that that company is one of the largest seed companies in the world. Interesting. Cyclone B for the gas chambers. Agent Orange. We know the trauma that caused to the generation that ended up in Vietnam and we only know a part of it because of what we saw here in America with the American soldiers but what it did to the Vietnamese is tragic and still doing it. So Hippocrates is considered to be the father of modern medicine and Here's what he says: I've been pardon me for being distracted. I've been looking for this quote: "The diseases which medicines do not cure, iron cures, those which iron cannot cure, heat cures. those which heat cannot cure, are to be reckoned wholly incurable." And you'll notice we're suggesting you make some dietary changes and you actually start eating food. We've talked, and we've had several conversations about the Avacyn, and what is the avicin? That's a way of putting heat into the bloodstream, and improving microcirculation. And there probably is hardly a disease, we can't say it, you know, legally, but probably rare is the disease that is involved in the lack of blood flow. And when you improve blood flow, and that's what heat does, I think that's what led Hippocrates to recognize that heat was a curative agent. Oregano oil, food. Oh, how do you like that? Did a better job than amoxicillin, in knocking out bacteria. And when it comes with all of its attendant energetic factors, then it not only knocks out invaders, but strengthens tissue, one of the factors that's needed in building tissue. So to, pardon me, then recognize that The oversight of physiology is comes from the mind. We go to the opening words in the book of John, it doesn't say in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. It says in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. Whose flesh whose mind energy are you living with in your flesh? I guarantee it's not mine. I guarantee it's not the person you've been blaming recently. I guarantee it's not the person you blamed yesterday, or last week, or last year, or five years ago, or 10 years ago, or 20, or 30, or 40, or 60, or whatever number of years ago. I guarantee it wasn't. The only mind energy that can cause pain is the mind energy that's inside of a system. Now, if you want to be holy, I'm not suggesting getting down on your knees and folding your hands. I'm suggesting you look at all levels. You look at every factor that increases vitality of the system. You look at every factor that decreases vitality of the system. You eradicate to the degree that you can the things that decrease the vitality. And you increase the things that strengthen the vitality. And guess what happens? You get healing. Now the food you're going to eat has to come from soil. You don't get Life. You don't. You don't pour glyphosate. And you know, if you do a little bit of research, you'll see that there are—I don't even know now—dozens and dozens of lawsuits, and several of them have been settled for millions of dollars because glyphosate. They say they're—they're they're proving causes cancer, even though, as I say, the uh, the companies that brought us Cyclone B and actually brought us Hitler too, same company. Monsanto is now Bayer, if you look at Bayer, it's a German aspirin company and that's who funded Hitler. It's quite a lot of trashy in the world. Own seeds, hmm. And promotes the idea of using only seeds that are genetically modified by them because they're patented. Interesting that we live in a country in a world where you can now patent life. And that life that's patented leads to death. So lots of things to consider, lots of, uh, of aspects to this healing process. And Miss Jeannie, I know that uh, yesterday when we finished the show, you had a hand or two up. So I'm wondering if we've got a hand up, if anybody who tried to get into the show yesterday is with us and has something to share.
1: There is no hand up. However, Lucy is with us and she did have her hand up yesterday. So oops, she just at the same time. I turned on her microphone, her hand went up. So hi, Lucy. Sweet. Welcome. Hi, there
0: young hi, lady. I, I saw, hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I do have a question. Unfortunately, I up, uh, misplaced this, uh, paper where I was like, it was, uh, the, the, uh, I would probably place question. Uh, better, I'm listening uh, to the um, practicum you sent me, codependence, uh, codependence to interdependence. And right. over there, it was week seven or eight. And now I try to actually ask the question. So you were right. talking there uh, about um, how, rather than collapsing um, construction, uh, you uh, process the whole energy. I have to say that uh, I've had it happen with me. I know how it feels in the body, but it happened right. only by default. Over there, you saying that you will, you will still work on it, how to maybe um, put in, in better words or maybe more detailed words. My question is, I got it. Uh, can you explain you explore that a little more.
3: Uh Sure. Here's my take. When the mind creates a construct we call perception, a structure in the mind, all perception comes from the content of carbon-based memory. So it's a reflection of the content of the mind. If that construct, if that perception that structure in my nine-bit mind is accompanied by pain in my physiology, then there's an underlying energy in my physiology that if I can get rid of it, I'll be freed of my pain, I'll be freed of my disease process. Because Mm -hmm. most of us live in denial, remember that denial is when I think or speak as though something outside of me is the cause of what's moving inside of me, then... I literally have to hide from myself the underlying energetic pattern that is, when stored in tissue, causing the pain that's reflecting in my body. That makes sense so far. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when I have a painful reality come up, there are many things I can do to. Try to move around the perception in my mind and change it, and that can lead to some positive results. There are many, you know, um, techniques that people are offered to help them feel better. Like, you know, if somebody's overloaded with stress, well, there's a, a way to reduce stress, and you you breathe, and if you breathe, you'll reduce stress, but Breathing, when you you are overstressed, doesn't change the fact that in physiology, there is an energy that doesn't belong there. So, when one forgives, a la first century Aramaic, rather than, you know, if the construct in my mind is accompanied by pain in my body and I'm blaming you for it, I'm dissociated from my pain, and I'm projecting my pain into my brain's picture of you. My perception shows up and I say, oh, you made me really sad or afraid or whatever it is. Now, the sad or afraid, whatever it is, is somewhere in my tissue structure. Yes, what you did resonated it for me, but the reason I'm not able to process it directly is because I'm in denial. I want to blame somebody else. I'm going to keep that hidden from myself so I cannot, while I'm in that state of denial, directly change what I'm projecting to my brain's image of you. The only way I know to consistently, persistently collapse perception, which when it collapses, you drop into the underlying content where the original pain is stored. And that original pain might be something from 10 generations ago. It might be something from my childhood. It might be something that I just fantasized at some point in my life and produced an energy that stored in tissue is destructive to tissue, and therefore the tissue warns me that there's pain. So in Aramaic, it's understood that if my, that my perception... Is driven by a goal that I hold for the person I'm projecting. So the core of the forgiveness process is I cancel the goal and that construct of my mind collapses. Now, one of two things is going to occur. You'll notice the step before you do the canceling process on the worksheet, you're bringing forward conscious, active, present love.
4: Mm-hmm
3: and when love is present and the underlying energy that is toxic that's causing my pain I start to access directly I can burn that energy off so to speak I can process through that energy which is going to alleviate my pain it sometimes when I do that process you know, the memory might, you know, the, the, the root of the pain might be something that happened when I was two. Sometimes when I do that, I'll get a full cognitive recall, like literally picked with picture and sound of the event that happened when I was two that holds the pain content that I'm now projecting into my brain's image of you. So by collapsing it, I are one of two ways to do it. I can do it where I'm just processing the energy directly. I don't have any memory, I'm not in touch with it, but the veil is opened. What I've been hiding from myself now starts to move. When it moves in the presence of love, it is dissolved. So I can just process, I think this is where you were heading, the question you were asking, so I can process that energy directly. I mean, inter- rather than putting into my brain's image of you, I'm processing that energy directly, though I have no cognitive recall of what it was. I just know that, geez, you know, I feel really funky. I have this pain in my gut, and then my shoulder's hurting, and wow, what just happened? I just canceled a silly goal. Well, I'm processing the, I'm becoming aware of the energy stored in my tissue structure, and now I'm able to process it out. It may or may not come with a cognitive memory. And the point I think I was probably making in week seven of the codependence intensive was that you don't have to have a cognitive memory in order to process the energy. Oh, okay. Does that get to where you were wanting to go?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, I guess my, 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 my mind created uh, like additional story around that. I thought there is there will be certain maybe technique or something to actually uh, 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 which lives there. Uh, there is yeah.
3: all of the above.
0: All of the yeah. Every no, tool same, same we're mentor, teaching. Right?
3: Every, tool. <laughs> every 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 tool. You know, I might be in the middle of needing to breathe. I want to hold my breath and I want to rage at somebody. Then I might just say, "Ah, oh, I have a tool—a thing called a commitment." What I'm going to do is, I want to rage at this person. Is I'm going to breathe and I'm going to just speak the commitment to change my energy. So I might do that. I might do, and and you're going as you see the the um, the workshop unfold. You know, for 25 or so years from when I first started teaching that codependence to interdependence workshop, we had a power person worksheet that was one page long. Mm-hmm. We did that intensive. Actually, what what you have in those 90 hours of videos is two full online intensives. The second one, I started in the first intensive to develop or expand the power person worksheet from one page. And in the second intensive, we actually added three extra weeks. So it was a 17-week intensive because mm-hmm. that worksheet expanded up to 12 pages. I'm actually working on it currently, and I'll make sure you get the latest copy when I complete it. It's now up to 14 pages, and it's really about unwinding the power person dynamic in the mind from every angle you can possibly do it. So that's something I'm working on expanding even beyond what we did. But it had been one page in the first intensive, expanded out to 12. It's now at 14, growing as we as I'm, I'm working with it and developing a way to really... You know, when I, when I live in denial, and if I'm in denial, of course, I push down the energy that I don't want to deal with. When I push down the energy, I send out an energetic pattern that draws somebody in to do it to me. When they do it to me, that which I've denied and dissociated from is the information I'll use to build my brain's image of them. And I believe it because I can see it. I mean, literally, one of the things the mind does is it converts thoughts into pictures. So if my thought is, you made me, whatever it is, mad, sad, afraid, glad, whatever, happy, it's all the same. It's it's denial. Then... I use that very information that you've resonated to me to build my brain's image of you. So I'm still – here's one of the crazy things about this whole game of projection. People are still in their pain. They can just pretend that it's somebody else's. But when I, And when I put it in my brain's image of you or someone else, I have an indirect relationship with that pain. The idea of the forgiveness process and all of the tools – you know, the power person worksheet, The idea is to come into direct relationship with what's causing my pain rather than in direct, indirectly by putting it into my brain's image of you. So when I come to, into direct relationship with it, I can change it. While it's projected, I'm in an indirect relationship, I can't change it. There's nothing I can do with it because my mind is showing me a picture that it's about you instead of being about me. When I realize I'm the one who's feeling it, sooner or later i got to wake up and go, hmm, I'm the one who's feeling this. Maybe it's mine. You know, if they're the one with the problem, why am I the one with the pain? And so as you're moving in the direction and coming into direct relationship, each and every tool that you've got, whether it's the commitment, whether it's the power person worksheet, the codependence worksheet, the the reality management worksheet, uh, each and every tool, is about how to process through those underlying unconscious energies and hopefully bring them to the conscious level. I love what Carl Jung says. He says, until the unconscious becomes conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. We hold this belief that, you know, this unconscious energy is directing my life but when somebody shows up i blame them and so i say oh see it's fate they did it to me they did it to me we're looking to short circuit that process and literally come back into full-blown direct relationship with every energetic pattern that never belonged in your mind or body and or the minds and bodies of any of your ancestors come back into direct relationship with it, and that's when it's changeable. I can then change my mind. But while it's in the unconscious, I can't do it. Now, the other piece is that you do have Rukha kudsha, And Rukha kudsha can change the content of the unconscious. That's why I don't have to have cognitive awareness of everything. When I'm inviting ruka into this, for those who maybe aren't familiar with that term, and it's... uh In the Aramaic language, what was taught was that inside of us there is what we could, in our modern language, call a superprocessor, rukudakutshah. It's a feminine elemental force that undoes the effects of our errors and teaches us the truth. The words that the Greek translated as was the Holy Spirit, but there's nothing there in Aramaic about a disembodied spirit being. It's speaking of... Uh, a feminine elemental force in us that has just monumental powers if we invite her into activity. If I hold the reason, let's say I have this, let's say I have a problem with sadness. Oh, I just, every every month I get hit with this sadness. Oh, this sadness, this sadness. And I say to Ruka, please, I really want to get rid of this, lift this from me, take this sadness from me. But, when I was 10 I fell into a depression and was sad and grief-stricken over the the loss of my dog let's use that as an example and what I found was you know I wasn't a very popular kid you know I wasn't accepted at the baseball games you know it was just it was kind of tough and all of a sudden, when I was in all this grief and sadness, people just rushed in to support me and care for me. And, and uh, it was like, wow, I, I'm, I'm valued. I now I'm, have importance. If I hold that the way I get to feel important and valued is by being sad and grief-stricken, if I have a reason to hold on to it, my free will holds on to it and I don't care how many times I ask that power to take it away, it's not going to be taken away because de that, Kutsu, that feminine elemental force in us, will never violate our free will. And that's why every tool is designed to take us into deeper and deeper connection and relationship with the unconscious. That's why in Step 5B in the current worksheet, where you invite that power into activity, it's like bring me into a direct conscious relationship with this unconscious energy that has been running my life. Yeah. So all of the above would be my answer there, yes. You remember that from the yeah. intensive, don't you?
0: Right. Well, yeah. as as <laughs> I get to that grin that on dress, my face, turn to I the board, <laughs> <laughs> and write
3: all of the above again. <laughs>
0: Right, right, right. So you know, I just just a little share um, as far as this energy, uh, you know, process the whole energy. That's why I said it happened with me. I'm sure it happened. But the way how, but just uh, by default, I I thought maybe I can um, I can work on something intentionally bring it. Now I heard the answer. So, but was so interesting that sometimes. what happened even before I canceled the goal, and this is maybe because I have some relationship with uh, Ruka after all this, you know, few last few years. Right. Before I cancel this, I, I know that exact, uh, well, like, I, I'm talking about it and I'm experiencing something in my whole body. And I may even, if I talk, if I do it out loud, My speech becoming so slow, like I'm not thinking anymore. Even before I cancel this goal, I just You've gone right into process. Uh huh. So that's
3: getting into that, that. Yeah, that sensitive period where it's like the veil is wide open and I'm connected and it's rocking. And one of the keys to that is willingness. Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing, even if I don't know what it is that I need to process and deal with here, I'm asking to be shown what it is, what's behind it, and I'm willing. And when when I've got, you know, when it was when last night, instead of sitting down and having three glasses of wine, and a big congestive dinner of pasta and cheese and white bread and and, uh, and then a sugary dessert, instead of having that, having that, I had a sprout salad. And this morning, being vitalized and in a state of willingness, the veil opens and you can move mountains in that state. That's the still point. You know, over the years, once I I first discovered the still point process and I could see how it put us into high-speed, fast-forward processing. And, you know, remember our definition of processing is the ability to keep love conscious, active, and present when something less than love comes up. Once I discovered StillPoint and realized what it was, part of my search became, what is there out there that will put us into still point? That's where, you know, over the years, all of the energy field work that we do in the intensive, each step in that are steps that I observed would put people into still point. And that still point is a place where, you know, physiology, instead of there being resistance in it, physiology is a superconductor. And so whatever I'm willing to process through is going to move high speed fast forward. And, and you, you take that understanding and then put it opposite what the Aramaic idea of Satan was, and in Aramaic, Satan is not a dude with a red-suited tail and a pitchfork, but Satan is, quote-unquote, the resister, one who misleads. Resistance is the opposite to willingness and still point. So if somebody's in this state of resistance, and you know, most people, when they're in pain and blaming somebody, you say, well, gee, you know... I've known you for 30 years, and I can remember, you know, well, oh, about 28 years ago you were talking about this issue, and it was your brother. And, and you know, I can remember, oh, it's probably about 22 years ago, and it was your that, that you know, that girl you were dating. And, oh, I, I remember, you know, you oh, that's probably 15 years ago, and you were saying that it was, you know, the, the, the neighbor. And have you ever considered that you're the one who was there every time? And what most people do, if they're... Invited to be held accountable is they'll go into resistance, they'll hold the breath, they'll shut down their energy field, they'll tighten, they'll go into sympathetic dominance, and then carbon based memory will produce a whole story about what's wrong with what I'm inviting them to. Oh no, here let me i'll I'll explain to you, let me show it to you so you can understand. and that's and most of the world literally lives trapped in Satan resisting and they're stuck in their story we actually had a a, a music director at Heartland back in the early days and he wrote a song stuck in my story my pain and my glory mm-hmm. and that's what happens when people are stuck in Satan you know you listen you know look at the political realm today and you can just watch the people that are stuck in Satan that are all other oh, victims and look at everybody i look at are doing it to me again And, you know, that's the game that the non-being mind plays. Stuck in my story, my pain and my glory. As opposed to literally breathing fully. You know, when you really touch into your breath, a full breath, if you let yourself feel it, it comes from way down deep in the pelvis and all the way up into the cranium. All of that moves with a real breath. Most people have... You know, you watch how people hip hop and try to walk and and how they hold their heads and their necks. And that cranium is all locked up. The hips are locked up. The legs are locked up. And so energy can't move. They're now physiologically a resistor. And then, of course, when truth appears, they've got a story about how it's all somebody else's fault and uh, you know so all of the tools are about moving every aspect of what we're talking about in the direction of wholeness and it takes every piece of the puzzle to really become vital enough to move into that still point where the magic really happens where the real you know you just know that the shifts that are happening are beyond what the mind could ever figure out
0: well, I really can attest to that. My last few years ago and now, this is, um, I'm definitely, definitely hasn't resolved everything in my life, but, uh, the major thing, which the question, I mean, if it was even living like that, how I was, and you knew that, uh, that my condition and everything and now it's like, uh, like, uh, I've said this couple of more than a couple of times, uh. It doesn't seem possible in one lifetime. However, it's literally a couple of years (laughs) of work. You do your work and you reap the rewards. Yeah, definitely. That's that's for sure. I have a... uh, You want to say something?
3: No, I'm complete with that.
0: Okay. So I have another question about power person. So I... I, I listened to again based on what I heard in this intensive. Um I thought uh, everything is pretty clear for me uh, as far as a person. However, you said one thing there which I listened like 3 or 4 times to make sure that I I hear that. Uh, I just uh, uh, uh and I didn't know this part and please tell me if I understood that correctly. There is an example over there uh, you're giving to someone. Well, let's say you're home, um, mother, older sister, brother, they're doing something, and you're, you're, your father is not uh, at home, sort of protects you. So father can become a power person because yep. he's not home. Okay, right. tell me more about that. I didn't know that. I thought everybody else who not meeting me there would be power people. But, um, right.
3: Well, actually, Jeannie has a powerful story about that. So maybe Jeannie, you'd share uh, what you discovered.
1: Oh, leaving right. This is the whole Oh thing. yes, yeah. Okay. I, I think I shared that in the intensive too. That and for those who hadn't heard it, I always thought mom was my power person. Is that the one you're talking about, Michael?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Good dad.
1: Okay. And in some aspects, he uh, was. Uh, however, my ultimate um, power person I found out was my dad and he always you know left and went to the farm and was gone all week and came back and he had a good quote unquote excuse he had to take care of things on the farm but and dad was one of the gentlest I mean up until the, the day that he passed he was the, one of the gentlest souls that you could ever meet and uh, I thought you know but my ultimate when stress is up is to leave. And so I realized that he was actually my ultimate power person, even though I, in some situations it was my mom. And you can have different power people, in, you know, whether it's relationship or finances or business or religion or whatever. So you can have different power people as you go. You
3: know, and the you know. key way that you tell who your power person is in this situation is, when the stress is up and the chips are down, whose behavior do I replicate? Whose behavior do I do? Yeah. So it it won't necessarily be the one that was always angry and raging and, you know, always seemed to be the problem. It may not be that person.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And likely won't be in every arena. As I say, we can have several power persons in different Uh, in regard to different uh, areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. And the key for developing that power-person dynamic within a child, and it's usually a parent and a child, though not always, is one, the parent had more control over the child than the child had. Two, the parent was not functioning as love. And three, the child perceived it as survival when that happens when you think of us being an energy system in that survival state the child's field opens wide just totally open and whatever energetic patterns are active even if they're unspoken whatever energetic patterns are active are just sucked in like sucking water into a sponge and then in the future when the stress is up and the chips are down around that particular area of life. As Jeannie said, it could be in relationships or it could be in terms of finances. So uh, mom might be the power person in terms of relationship and dad might be the power person in terms of finances. Mm-hmm. But you can always tell by looking at whose behavior do you do.
4: Yeah.
0: Understood. Cool. Well, I'm delighted
3: you're digging in that deeply and going for it. That's awesome
0: oh yeah oh yeah, definitely that's quite an instrument
3: <laughs> it is it is it's a, the the way that the and and you'll you'll have more fun as it goes because the way the two intensives came together. Like we did them almost back to back, so they, it was like the the understanding, the dynamic, the uh, information, the processing just became more and more and more intense and deeper with uh, each intensive. So it was a pretty incredible happening for well, everybody it, that was part of it.
0: it. It really was. I'm on week eleven now, so I I, will, I, I see how it's unfolded. Yeah that's pretty amazing pretty amazing I just can imagine what it would be if it was actually offline like in person <laughs> Yes. Like, yeah <laughs> yeah but it's pretty like intense yeah
3: yeah yeah. well you're really wow. rocking then you're on week 11 already you've been had that you've been doing this just about full-time then I mean you're up to what you've probably done almost 50 hours of videos
0: well, uh, I guess I didn't count hours, but yes, a lot. Uh, well, it's not, I, I'm not doing seriously homework. I'm just like taking it in. That's why I'm moving okay. that fast. But, right. but again, I don't okay. do homework, but I do my worship anyway, like for whatever comes in my right. life. Um Good. Uh, So, yeah, it's, it's just wonderful. And I would have cool. to say that, yeah, like even you, you know, you're the master and uh, I would see uh like how how even even you even you if i may use this word like developing you know like it's like oh like, i'm still
3: doing, doing like my
0: work new new level it's like the way how you talk and just, just listen amazing.
3: i'm really clear you know for 40 years i was on the road and now i'm in the 5th year of putting my head down on the same bed pretty much every night it's pretty awesome And it's allowed a new type of focus and a new level for me of my own work. And I'm really clear that I've handled far deeper and far more um, meaningful issues in the last two to three years than I handled in the previous 50 years in terms of my own personal work and personal
0: process. Oh, Phenomenal. Yeah, I guess that's why, like, universe, circumstances, whatever, I keep you put. <laughs>
3: that seems to be it, yes. We're pretty much settled here. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Understand. I'm glad it's impacting you that you're really doing that. And, and any insights that come, you know, that seem particularly meaningful that maybe are not shared? Because, you know, for me, that's one of the... Uh, The beautiful pieces of the intensive is there are, you know, a dozen or more people and they're each sharing what their insight is, what their process is, what their questions are. So that just expands it. So if there's anything you see particularly meaningful for yourself or insight or or pieces of the puzzle to add, please let me know, please, you know. Jot it down, put it in writing, or call me and and let me know because um, it'll all you know it's always in development.
0: Yeah, great. And then uh, as far as this worksheet, is it is it on website or uh, the uh,
3: No, no. no I'm okay. actually working on on editing it now, and yeah. uh, I'll make sure that as soon as it's complete, I get a copy to you.
0: Because I'm sure I'm gonna have a uh, questions there. Because as much as you touch with, uh, uh, you know, participants on that, and I don't have in front of me, I know that I'm, I'm, I, I'm not catching up with. You know what I mean? Like, like I need to see it with my eyes. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm. not right. gonna, I don't know what they're talking about.
3: <laughs> mm, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. here's what I'll take it because I'm, I'm, I'm really in process with it myself. And that's how it's upgrading. And so what I'll do before the day is out or if I don't get to it today, tomorrow, is I'll print a copy of what's current. It's not complete, but it's you know, it's got a lot more in it than it had during that intensive. So I'll go ahead and send you a copy so you've got
0: it. Thank you so much. Thank, you. Thank cool. you very much.
3: And as you, you know, having it in hand as you go through the material will make sense of it. We've chosen not to release it on the website or put it out there because it is so intricate and so detailed uh, that we felt, you know, without the intensive it just wouldn't be fully functional for people. So we've decided to just make it available through the intensive. But I'll make sure to send you a copy so you've got it in hand as you're doing it.
0: Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward. <laughs>
3: cool. Awesome.
0: Okay, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jeannie. And i uh unless uh, somebody else to to talk to you.
3: Please give Lenny a hug for us. Tell him we said hello I and send will. our deepest uh-huh. regards and love.
0: Thank you, thank you.
3: All righty. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah,
3: it is. Delighted at having about,
1: that image. Yeah, we have about fourteen minutes, so we've got time for a quick question. Somebody press one, your hand will go up, and I'll announce you by your area code. We had a hand just go up. Hello, Miss Susan, six one zero. Hey,
4: hi. Chris.
1: Welcome.
5: Okay. Well, thanks for yesterday. We're 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 moving nicely. I. Sweet. Have Well, it's it's a work in progress, but I wanted to tell you that Michael agreed to come on the support group reluctantly, and he has said things like, I'll come on once or twice, but I don't really like that sort of thing, and um, I'll probably quit after one or two times. So I said, well, I'm just inviting you. This isn't required. It's an invitation so that you might he says he doesn't like people. And one of the reasons is because he doesn't like small talk. And that seems to be all that he gets into. And I said, this is the exact opposite of small talk with us. It's, it's actually fairly rare that we do a wake up sheet. Sometimes a person will bring one onto the zoom call that they've just done. Right. Um, But they talk about their most pressing issues, and if someone is expressing upset in a way that would warrant a worksheet, we'll bring one out right then. But basically, people are just talking about their issues, and there's not a lot of preaching going on of people trying to... I mean, we have one member who often will pipe up and say, well, after all, we're all one. And she sort of wipes the whole issue off the table by saying that. Sure, that may right. be true, but there's a whole lot of processing that might be needed before you get there. Um, right. But um, so. Collapsing the, the optical
3: delusions is an important process.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: You know, a la Einstein. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I was just going to plug that quote of Einstein in who says, if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. Virtually everybody's living in an optical delusion. Yes, the truth is, energetically, there's only one of us, but one has to process through those optical delusions which have gone on in their bloodline and in their lives forever before that the actuality of the experience and cognition of that oneness can happen.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
5: That's so for true. most people, that's it's kind
3: exactly.
5: of like a spiritual bypass. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like. like. Hey, wait a minute. We want to get there, but we didn't get there yet. So what are you doing? You know.
3: Um, right, yeah.
5: So I wanted to ask you if you might be, and, and I would want to treat this like hiring you as a therapist, for you to come on sort of as, as an observer maybe at first. I wouldn't want to squelch you if you had... A word of wisdom, but this man is extremely sensitive about being taught anything or have any suggestions made. We had an incident this morning where our electric bill has gone up. It was $400 last month and that's about a jump of, you know, it was 150 before that per month. Well, Michael leaves his um His electronics on all night he needs noise and needs images so i mean i don 't know if he needs images, but he he listens to comedy shows all night long while he 's sleeping and I, I hear it when I come down into the kitchen because it 's not soft, and this morning I said michael um, what are you playing at night? Because I know that in the middle of the night, if I get up, I hear this, and I, I figure you're sleeping. And he said, oh, yeah, I have terrible tinnitus, and I can't sleep anyway without without these shows going. And they're shows that I know, so they're a comfort to me. And they're in the background, and I can sleep when I've got them on. And I said, is there any other way that you could have it like a radio sound uh, without the the the, um, screen on because we're trying to figure out why our uh, uh, utility bill, our electric bill has gone so high. And he escalated right to anger and defensiveness. And he said, well, if you want me to move out. And then he stormed out of the house and went down with his dog to the park. And the park is a half a block away. So, um, I followed him down there, and I said, "Michael, let's work together. I'm not. We're not throwing you out. Winter's coming. You have a place to stay. Until we find you a good alternative, we're not going to put you out on the street." And I'm looking right at him, and I thought, "I'm doing the best I can with my love exchange right now." While we were talking, I was cool. Just look at him, and he said, "I see you really looking at me." And he said, "When you talk." When I tell you things, you do look at me, but then sometimes I can tell by the look on your face that you've had enough and you've got to go about your business, which is absolutely true, Michael. I tune out, and Mm -hmm. it's usually because he goes into a long yarn about all the famous people he's played with, and he wants to feel better about himself, and he wants to show me that he's worth So he goes into this thing, and I have no energy for it. And I need to do wake-up sheets. I mean, this is my thing. But I said, Michael, you're right. And I said, one of the things that I really like is true exchange between people. I want to be heard and known just the way you do. And I don't feel as if you know us at all. We're we're a comfortable place for you and we're providing for you. But you've said you don't like people. And I figured we're included in that. And he said, oh, no, 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 you're not included in that. But I hate to use your money. He's crying now. He's He cries easily, and he's standing there in the park going through this business of, I have nothing. Now I don't have a car. I can't make enough money. And he's hyperventilating and sobbing. And um, I'm telling you, Michael, <laughs>
1: this is a challenge.
5: <laughs> so um, I guess
1: I wanted to... Ask you
5: now that I've told you all that you're you're working with somebody who's extremely sensitive and easily triggered, and if he comes on the Zoom, he said I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to sit there, and I'm going to write to my people and say just welcome him and and be open to him and no advice nothing and just welcome him and see if he feels safe enough to come back.
4: But
3: right. I would
5: love to have you. Meet- And this would be a way for you to meet him.
3: Cool. Is he coming on next week?
5: He's coming on on Wednesday, unless he doesn't. But I mean, I could. What I could do is text you if he comes on. I could say he's on. Here's the link. (laughs) Right. You could come on, and I'd love to. And remind me what time it is. It's ten thirty to twelve thirty. Uh, 10.30 to 12. 12. I stop in time for Dr. Tim's radio show. And sometimes I bleed over. But basically, yeah, it's Wednesday. And so, but I wanted to ask you if you'd be willing to have your video on, too. I know when you've dropped in before, you've not done that. And I know this is an imposition, but I would love to have him meet you as much of you as he can meet (laughs) you know
3: right right yeah um send me a text if it looks like you've got to join and i'll uh see if i can arrange my day i just looked at my calendar and it's clear uh at that time on wednesday so keep me posted all right
5: yeah and this is a session so i know you're back in business as a therapist
3: so, oh no! Uh, Listen, you, know. you have supported us to no end, and I'm happy to do that. No, that's not required. Thank you. We're oh, very delighted. Kind of, I'm very delighted much. that you're working with people, and and I'd be delighted to be part of it.
5: Great. Well, cool. your insights are so helpful that it might just you might have a, a tweak. Um, We'll see what we can do. Okay, great. Thank you. Can I ask you a quick question about the oregano oil? I used to have some. I used it up. I never got another bottle of it. I've been um, doing a regimen of, I can't tell you what it is, but one is an antibiotic for some kind of critters in my uterine wall. Or something. This is a nutritionist who has recommended this. Taking
4: mm-hmm.
5: takes two sets of tests to wipe these critters out, and Jeannie is saying that oregano oil would be a good thing, and she's having me do, it's kind of embarrassing on the radio show, but do dishes with um, apple right. cider vinegar. I'm wondering if oregano oil diluted might not blow my insides, or whether it would be a good
1: idea. Thank you, Jeannie.
0: just
3: Yeah I am I not sure that I, I would put it up
1: much. in me. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean,
3: a dilution. You know, you, you could yeah. you could start with a very very weak dilution. The best oregano oil that I, oregano oil oil that I have found is on Amazon, and I think it's a P seventy three, Jeannie, am I remember the number correct? Yep, correctly? I just
1: sent her a yeah, picture of it. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, that's really the best is. one
3: I know. of. There's another one that we bought on Amazon, and it was so strong that. No matter how we diluted it, we couldn't take it. Wow. But that P73 is the best one. And I just start, you know, just okay. very, very weak. The other thing you could do, although that one's not cheap, um, I'm thinking you could also just uh, soak it in a bath with, with some of uh, oregano oil in it. But yeah, I would. Okay, I wouldn't hesitate to... to use it as a douche. Just do it. Well, I mean, I, I of course couldn't do it as a douche, but,
4: <laughs> but, but
3: I think to just start with a extremely weak, so because it can be pretty, uh, pretty intense. Okay. Well, thanks. All right. Awesome. Very cool. Well, any other thoughts? We're down to about three minutes.
5: Well, the question might be too long. Basically, if you find, well, maybe you, save it till oh, Monday. Okay, okay, I
3: will. All right, we'll do it. Okay, blessings. Thanks. All right, Michael. And I, I wanted to uh, expand on a little bit of the conversation with Lucy before we complete. And um, the state that Lucy has shared that she's been able to experience, been moving toward. And my experience is that uh, the more willingness you have, the more you do your work, the, the easier that process point comes. And one of the reasons for doing it to me seems to be that You know, there's that thought in The Course in Miracles that says when you are healed, you are never healed alone. And then Yeshua, the physicist, says a little leavening leavens the whole loaf. And it's really clear he's not talking about bread, he's talking about critical mass in physics. And each person that's willing to do the level of work that it takes to get to that space opens the energy window, opens the energy window, opens the energy window for everyone on the planet to be able to make that shift to move into that superconductor state and it's it's not describable in words you can only get it by the experience and you know everything that we've developed everything that we're offering is to support each person stepping into that experience and when you step into it you know i've had times you know the the first time that it really opened for me i was in it for about a year there was it was a year before you know the things that before that happened were quote unquote i would say were upsetting to me i now realize that my upset would surface it took about a year before any of those things became important enough again as that energy window stayed open in me, and I've had tastes of it since then. And each time you come to a new level, it gets a little easier to touch the hem of the garment, which is really what it's about, is touching in fully to the presence of love and being fully empowered by that presence. So thank you all for joining us. Create the best you get of your eternal life. It is an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye.